Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The Visibility Factor podcast is brought to you in part by the 90-Day Visibility Breakthrough Accelerator Program. Do you believe deep down inside that you can have a bigger career, but you don't know how to get there? You can keep doing what you're doing, but what if there is a better way that could accelerate your progress? This 90-day program is a powerful experience that is unique to you and provides dedicated time to focus on your specific challenge. It gives you the time to develop big ideas and plans to execute them, including the tools, resources, and motivation needed for success. Hundreds of clients have used this same program to take them to the next level in their career and to create a better life. Join me in a 90-day experience that focuses on challenges like creating a strategic plan, how to lead an organizational change, or prepare for a career transition. This dedicated time will help you see new possibilities, recognize your strengths, and take away key insights that can be leveraged immediately. Are you ready to create a breakthrough for yourself? If you're interested in learning more, visit susanmbarber.com forward slash visibility breakthrough accelerator for more information and to sign up for the program. I look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. Today's episode is going to focus on remote leadership. It's not something I've talked about on the podcast as much before, but I definitely talked about it in the Visibility Factor book. And the reason it came up in so many ways in the book was because it was 2020 when I was writing part of that book and the world was changing, especially for those who'd never led a team remotely before. It was a huge adjustment. Leading remotely used to be reserved only for people who manage team members in different locations or countries, but now everybody was experiencing it no matter where you were in the world and all at the same time. So I wanted to put together some things for you to think about if this is something that you're doing today or you are working for someone remotely, maybe you're in a different location. So here are just a few of the changes that people went through uh, during the pandemic situation. They no longer were allowed to be in the office. They had to find a place to work from home, which was a little challenging because their kids were going to remote school. They probably had some technology challenges. Not everybody had maybe the best Wi-Fi or the setup in their home to have a desk and an office and maybe even a printer set up. Uh, Team members may have contracted COVID or family members did, and they had to figure out how to navigate that while leading remotely. Challenges that were new to many and required them to get creative. Now companies are asking people to come back to the office. Employees spent a long time at home and realized that it had a lot of benefits for them personally and professionally. Some companies set policies that allowed people to work from anywhere, which allowed people to move across the country. And now some of those companies are changing those policies back to require people to return to the office, or even if they don't require them to return to the office, They're putting some things in place that may prevent the people who've moved away from getting promotions unless they move back and are living locally so that they can come in more often. Now, employees adapted and found that they didn't really want to return to the office in the same way that it looked before. And so there's been a lot of discussions around this topic 
what hybrid could look like, how many days in the office, could it be fully remote? Is it really necessary to be in the office full time? It's creating frustration on both sides for the employer and the employees. And there are still many things that companies have to work out on this topic. Hopefully, they can all come to some agreements where flexibility can be an option that is implemented long-term so it works for both the employer and the employee. In the meantime, there are many leaders who have adapted well to working remotely. They are leading their team and delivering the work just as they promised, while others are struggling to figure out how to navigate successfully as a remote leader. If this is the situation that you're in, then this is the episode for you. The first time I led someone remotely was when I had someone in London reporting to me when I was in the US. Some of the first questions I asked myself were, how can I make sure I do this well? What's the best way to stay connected with her and her work and be able to provide the support she's going to need? She was working in an office that I had never even been to before. I didn't know a lot of the people there that she worked with or not even some of the projects that she was working on. I knew some, but not all. And so I felt like I was at a real disadvantage and needed to find a way to navigate this. I realized everything that I was doing with her was going to be starting with trust. My words and actions had to match. I needed to lead her in a way that helped her be successful. And leading team members in different locations is a challenge all by itself. But working across time zones presents an even bigger opportunity. So I wanted to share some of the things that I did to really build a strong relationship with her and set her up for success. The first thing I did was I set up time with her to meet over the phone initially. Uh, we didn't have the video conference capabilities that we have today back then. And so you had to reserve a certain room to have videos and video conferencing with someone and it just was not going to work. And so I just wanted to make sure that I started to have conversations because she knew I was her new manager and I wanted to make sure that we didn't waste any time. So I spent time getting to know her as a person, understanding her motivations and what issues she was facing from a you know a work perspective, any project challenges she was facing. And I shared info about myself and my background as well. I wanted her to get to know me and what I was about. And then we talked about how we would work together. I came prepared with a game plan of ideas that we discussed and I got her input so we could make some decisions. I really had hoped to travel to meet her in person as soon as I could, but at that point, travel budgets were restricted. And so we had to rely on setting up more proper video conference calls going forward and regular one-on-ones. The technology has come such a long way since then. I wish we would have had the phone capabilities that we have now. I think it would have been even more easy for us to connect on a regular basis. But I did set up the one-on-ones, as I mentioned, and we decided on a time that worked best for both of us to connect. And sometimes that meant one of us got up earlier or stayed later. I made sure that I didn't move any of our meetings unless I absolutely had no alternative. I didn't want her to feel like she wasn't important. And I think sometimes when managers do that, there's a inherent message that's sent that says, you know, I'm not as important as your other meetings and I don't want that to happen. So I, I definitely made sure that I didn't do that unless I absolutely had to. Communicating information with her on a regular basis needed to be with intention. I worked really hard to be consistent and over-communicate with her because there's so many things that happen during the day in meetings and in the office. And when that person isn't with you, you need to remember to tell them. I also wanted to make sure that she connected with the rest of my team in the U.S. 
a remote person always feels like they're out of the loop because they're not there physically with the team. I needed to work out a schedule for staff meetings that would allow her to participate. I wanted her to feel like she was a part of the team and it worked for her time zone as well. And we just also found ways to be creative with celebrations and birthdays and anniversaries. We took pictures of what was happening in the office. We sent certificates of appreciation, small gift cards, just ways to help her see that she was a part of the team and thank her for the contribution she was making. I also had one creative team member that used, um, if you might be showing my age here, but there's like bobbleheads that people were giving away at Burger King or somewhere at some point. And somehow she had acquired a lot of them. And so she turned them into like fun awards to send to people. We created awards and it was just a fun way to give everybody something that uh, really showed what we thought about them and how we felt about them. And that, you know, she had them sitting in her garage, didn't cost anything. Uh, but it made such a big impact on people to receive something, even if it doesn't cost anything. It's the thought that counts. And then I found a colleague in her office that I asked if he could play a mentoring role for her at that location. So she'd have someone on site to connect with. She'd also be able to ask him questions, especially if we you know, were not working at the time where she needed help. He also knew the players there. He knew the, the organization. He knew the management. So I knew that he could help provide feedback to her and to me if there were things that she would need help on. So I'm really grateful to him for for doing that. And I think it was really helpful to her. So if that's a situation that you have uh, team members in a different office, you might be able to leverage that strategy as well. I wanted to highlight Jen Fox's episode that we did. It's episode 12 on the podcast. Her team's all over the U.S., and she found ways to leverage technology and creativity to bring them together. Jen's willingness to do what it takes to bring that team together made a huge impact on them. They were people that just really felt connected. They found ways to talk about things on using Teams and I think they use Teams, Teams or Slack, to be able to just have ongoing conversations outside of meetings. But she made it fun. She made them want to participate and be a part of each other's lives. And I think she has just done a really great thing in terms of how she built a culture for remote leaders to succeed in. So I know if you listen to this episode, you'll get some ideas. I will post the link in the notes so that you can check it out yourself, but uh, she is somebody that even her company is recognizing is doing great things around culture and they really want to learn from her and be able to spread that in a wider fashion across different groups in the organization. So creating a virtual relationship with team members is absolutely possible. It needs to be done with intention. You need to make the effort as the leader. And I wanted to share some things that you might want to consider as you are building your own. So setting expectations is something that's important to do. Ensure that the person working remotely understands what you're expecting as their leader. Are you looking for immediate responses from them or within a certain time frame? How often should they check in? Hopefully you've got regular one-on-ones scheduled, but just setting the tone around communication and what you're expecting and how you want it to work is, is very key. Cultural differences. Be mindful of the cultural differences that may exist for people outside of your home country. Expectations, holidays, and ways of working can be very different and need to be understood. Uh, We always try to celebrate um, some of the holidays from the other countries 
as they were happening, we would do things in our location and then vice versa. And it just shows that you really see and respect and find ways to connect and support that team member, you know, through whatever holidays they may be having too. Time zones, plan at the best time to talk with each of your people that works best for them and for you. Take turns having meetings in the other person's time zone so that it isn't so one-sided and only one person has to adjust every time. One one note of caution. (laughs) I was trying to work in all the time zones all the time and it really is not sustainable. So I don't recommend it. Um, It definitely causes you to burn out. Um, I didn't require a lot of sleep and I still don't, but it definitely takes a toll on you if you try to manage through all the time zones. So find ways to make it work for you as the leader. You need to be the one who you know, continues to think big and think broadly about what's happening. And you can't do that if you're exhausted and burned out. How often are you going to meet with them? So maybe it's once a week until you establish a stronger relationship with them and they feel like they're part of the team. Uh, maybe that backs off into twice a month. Uh, you guys get to decide that. How will you meet? So is it by phone, by video? Um, you want to use technology to your advantage because seeing people, even if it's over video, goes a long way in helping to establish a stronger relationship. But you also can then see any nonverbal things that might be happening. So for example, if you're in a Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting and you see somebody not paying attention or you see them distracted or they never put their camera on or they kind of roll their eyes when someone's talking about something, at least you can see that because those are things you need to have a conversation about. And you would never see that if you're just on, you know, audio. So pay attention to those opportunities to, to be on camera. And some companies I know require their people to be on camera all the time. It's a requirement for them. So think about what it is you want to have for your group and how it would best work for you to make sure you're staying connected and know what's happening. Think about how you're going to keep people up to date on the hallway conversations. If you are in the office, how are you going to keep people up to date on what you learn? So I found this to be one of the biggest challenges because the speed of information is happening so quickly. Uh, I tried to either at lunch or at the end of the day do a quick recap email to people or send an instant message about what I learned, what I heard. It's just so important. The amount of information that you get sometimes informally is so quick and can be so impactful to other people to know what that information is, to make decisions and to move forward on things that the leader has to find a way to do that. And so if it's text, if it's you know some kind of other form of communication that you're using in your company, take advantage of it and try to leverage it, but you have to do it in a timely manner. You can't wait till the end of the week and try to give a full recap because it may be too late. Inclusiveness. So be intentional about how you run meetings and have group conversations. Ask for the input of people, especially if there's only one remote person and the other people in the room are all talking together. It makes it hard for them to have a voice. And so you might have to make sure that you take turns. Maybe people in the room have the first voice and say everything, and then you go to the remote person and then reverse it the next time so that the remote person gets to start. But this is an opportunity for you to kind of facilitate that meeting in a way that everybody feels included. Uh, You also want to make sure you have the best audio video capabilities that you can have so everyone can see and hear. 
there's nothing worse. I remember being remote on some things and you just can't hear. <laughs> it's so muddled and people are all talking at the same time and you can't pick out what is actually being said. And so even repeating questions is a good way to do this. Um, highlighting and recapping things. It's just a way to make sure that everybody hears the same things and gets the same messages. Rewards and recognition. So you need to be creative to ensure that this happens, but there's so many things now that have come out post-pandemic that you can use around electronic rewards and games and ways to stay connected with people. You can use Teams or Zoom has different offerings as well. Things that you can do to really help people stay connected with you as a group. So I mentioned some of the things earlier, certificates, gift cards, uh, people who wrote handwritten cards to me, I have always kept. And I just find that that's a special way to recognize someone, especially if you're not with them on a regular basis. But even if you are, it's a nice thing to find on your desk um, and maybe with a candy bar or something, you know, just something fun that shows you're thinking about them. Visibility, this is one of the things that I think most people talk about and why I wanted to include it in the book is most people felt like when they left the office, they were no longer going to get visibility anymore. And what were they going to do? And I, you know, I've talked about some ideas on the podcast and talked about ways to handle being remote and finding ways to get visibility. You just have to be intentional about it. So where you normally would walk down the hall to get a cup of coffee or run by someone's office, you have to set up a 15-minute one-on-one with them on Zoom or Teams because you cannot let it go by the wayside and not be someone that they're thinking of on a regular basis. So being intentional with those things is important, making sure that you're staying in front of people. If you do have the opportunity to go into the office, you want to do that. And if you don't, uh, finding ways to make sure that you're staying connected or traveling there maybe once a quarter or once a month or something can be a way to make sure that they still see you and remember you. So you have to also think about as a leader, how can you make sure that your team is getting opportunities to be in front of senior management? Uh, You want to make sure that there's opportunities for them to present, uh, even if it's remotely, uh, because they need to get that visibility just as much as you do. And there's opportunities to do that all the time. So just think about how to make that happen for them. Performance reviews. This one's interesting because most of the time performance reviews should always be done in person. And obviously with my person in in London, uh, that wasn't feasible. I wasn't allowed to travel there. And so you do have to find a way to work through that performance review in the best way with the person remotely, if that's what you have to do. And giving them time to take it all in, you might need to set a longer window of time that you spend together because there may be questions. There may be things that you know, you're know you doing with a performance review that no one has ever done with them before because they reported to someone in you know a different place. And everyone has their own style. Everyone does it differently. So keep that in mind when you're at that point of giving the performance review. If you can do it in person, great. If you can't, just be aware that you might need to take more time. And the last one is openness. So this is sometimes an experiment, right? It's a work in progress of how to lead people remotely. But you want to try things and evaluate if they're working. Be open and continue to evolve how the remote leadership situation is going. You need to ask for honest feedback regularly so you can see if there's things that you need to adjust or share feedback with them if there are things that you'd like them to adjust. 
Uh, it's important to keep an eye on the morale and engagement of the remote person. It's not easy to be in your house every day working by yourself. You just don't have that connection with people and people need that. They need to have conversations about things. They need to brainstorm. They, it gives you energy to do that. And when you don't have that, it makes it really challenging. So being on video can help you at least start to see how they're doing. When you're having one-on-ones with them, make sure that you're diving in a little deeper. Ask more questions. How are they really doing? How are they feeling about things? Uh, how are things going in their life? Because it's really important to keep them connected with you and connected with the team. And you need to look for kind of red flags about their morale and their disengagement if it's happening so that you can get them back on track. So this list should give you some ideas for leading a remote team, leading a remote team successfully, and help you maybe do some self-reflection for you about how you're doing. Now, I leveraged many of these ideas when I led larger project teams and outsourced teams in India. When I went to India for the first time, we had sent them pictures all along the way of different things that we had done. And they showed me in their cubes, they had all of the pictures up. They were so excited to show me everything that we had sent to them and they welcomed us with gifts. I knew they felt connected to us even though they were so far away and that was intentional on their side as well as ours. So this is absolutely possible to do. I also know that there's way more strategies than what I shared here with you. Uh, I mentioned earlier that there's apps and technology solutions today that allow real-time interactions to feel like you're together Zoom offers all kinds of new things. I haven't tried them all, but there's a lot of things that they're offering now to try to help people maintain connections remotely. You just need to get creative. Think of ways to make things simple and fun and bring people together in a way that maybe they're not doing already. But the point is to stay connected. Show that you're thinking about them when they're not there. It needs to be an intentional part of your day or they're going to feel like they're on their own with little to no direction. So think about this question. What will you do differently to help your whole team feel connected? Everyone, no matter where they are. So now I've talked about everything from a leadership standpoint and how you lead your teams, but I also wanted to touch on how an employee needs to think about a remote situation for themselves. They need to find ways to set themselves up for success. They are going to feel isolated at times and they need to find ways to be connected and have one-on-ones with people regularly. Part of that's to learn information. Part of that's just to build that connection with the people that you're not you know, physically with in the office. Share what you're doing so people know. This is about creating visibility for yourself about what you're doing. And even though they can't see you, find ways to work in some of the great things that you're doing. Status reports, sharing you know, quick um, messages to them in Teams or in the different uh, technology that you're using in your organization. Just make sure you're staying in front of them. If you can come in the office, as I mentioned, once a quarter, that's great. Um, But be intentional while you're there. Set up lunches with people. Set up one-on-ones. Don't just go in the office and do a couple meetings. You need to actually be intentional while you're there. And if you can do dinners, um, that's also a good way. I think what I found is being social outside of the office can help tremendously to help people feel who are working remote feel a part of the team. It's one thing to be in meetings together and to work together, but there's something that brings people together even more when you have these work events that sometimes are at night. Maybe it's just a happy hour or something like that, but it definitely brings people together because you're creating a bond and an experience that they'll remember. 
So now let's go into the visibility action plan for you. So I mentioned some of these in the podcast so far, but I wanted to reiterate them and have you think about them for yourself because these are key things that you need to do with a team member who is working remotely or if you have multiple team members. Pay attention to nonverbal cues that your team members may be sending. Check in with them to see how they're doing outside of work as well as inside of work. Some of them may have, you know, kids who are challenged post-pandemic. A lot of kids are still struggling going back to school, even though they, you know, probably are happy to be in school. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress on them. Social media creates a lot of challenges for them and they feel a lot of pressure. So being a parent with that situation can be can be hard. Or maybe they're a caregiver for someone in their in their life. Maybe they've moved to a new city and they're still trying to settle in. Or even if you just find out what their hobbies are, I think it can just bring a connection to you that shows that you care. Spend some time to just chat with them on calls before just diving into business. Uh, a lot of leaders, especially for people who are drivers, who just want to get done and get things accomplished, uh, it's not always fun for them to think about chit-chat. It feels like a waste of time for them. But in these situations, you have to make time for it. You have to make sure that that person knows that you care about them and that you want to know how things are going for them. So I I will ask you to try to give yourself a few minutes to do that and you know allow them to ask you questions too. It's about building a relationship. Talk about the work they're doing and the things that they're doing with others uh, because it's hard when they're not in the room to know how things are going. They need more feedback. So don't be afraid to give them more feedback than you may give to people that you're working with. They need to know if things are going well or if they need to adjust things because they don't have the verbal feedback that they may get if they were in the room and they can't always discern how things are going. So I've always found it's best to give more feedback than less to people who are remote. And then just be compassionate about difficulties that they may be having and help them see that those could be opportunities, that they may be struggling with some of this stuff, but there are ways that they can do things differently that might help them. Uh, That only sometimes will come out through deeper conversations. So if you find that you're working with someone who is remotely feeling very, they're feeling negative and skeptical, and they just don't see that anything's working and or they're falling behind on things, you have to understand where that's coming from. So is that because they're feeling like they don't have any connection? Is it because there's other things going on in their life? Uh, Managers today have to have different conversations than they used to have to have. And so having a deeper conversation can do that. And it also helps you build a stronger relationship with them. And I know of specific situations where managers did these kinds of conversations and actually made such a difference for their team member and even their family um, when they were going some really going through some really tough times. And those people today still talk about that manager and what they did, what he did for that family. So I know that those things may not seem like it's part of your job or you may not think of it as part of your job, but it absolutely is because you are leaving a person to success. And that person needs to be doing well personally and professionally to to really achieve what they want to do and to deliver the things that you need them to do. So I hope these ideas help you. I hope it gives you some new ideas to think about if you're leaving remotely and listen to Jen's episode. She will definitely share some great ideas as well. 
Thanks so much for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.